let's let's take some of our couch time and and trade it in. I think we need to trade our couch time in completely. Sure. I think we need to schedule couch time. Yep. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he is literally, literally the calm to my storm. And I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast. That's the calm. Say hello to Mr. Rossetti. Hello, Mr. Rossetti. Hello, Mr. Rossetti. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, calm good. to your storm. Are you... <laughs> Talking about uh, the holidays. Am I talking about five Michigan? minutes ago? Five yeah. minutes ago, well. when I just had a little meltdown and you calmed me down. Uh, I, I appreciate you and your um, your ability to keep the calm when I am in a panic mode. Hey, you do it for me when I'm in panic mode. That is true. That is, so. I suppose there is some balance. Yin here. and Yang. Uh, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> um. Uh, the new year i hope everyone's having a great new year and i just want to take this opportunity to say uh we didn't really i mean r.i.p betty white Uh, um first first things first that happened yes r.i.p betty white that happened a few hours before the new year rang in and i would say our our dear friend uh justin is here visiting us and and we were sitting enjoying new year's eve conversation hmm. and new year's eve throughout the window it just became a sort of celebratory uh evening of betty white and conversation and uh i'm all- such a champion of of animals and, oh my and goodness lover of animals. she loves everything she animals. animals yes 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 so i i hope that you're all out there watching golden girls episodes and watching there's a documentary on betty white on netflix i hope you're celebrating the life uh, we watched the murder mystery one, and we watched of, of Golden Henny Girls. Penny. If any yes, any fans yes. out there, uh, shout yeah. out to us. Uh, and I want to say about the new year as well. Um, you know, we've been in an interesting space the last two years, and I just mm. want to say this is a time. If you are doing the New Year's resolution thing, and you're trying to, uh, I'm saying this in air quotes, better yourself in some way. Obviously, I support you. I think that's wonderful. But I also just want to say. You just being here and existing right as you are is enough. You don't have to do better or be more. You are more and better already. So whatever you're doing in the new year, know that you were doing great last year. Mm -hmm. And you can continue to do great this year just as you are. And I love you. So I just had to say that. Yeah. Even if you didn't feel like you did enough. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? You are enough right now. That's that's, that's the world. And that's something that we are (laughs) saying to, to you and to ourselves. Ourselves. Because a lot of people start like January 1st and they're like, they've got this list. And then it's like on that first day, like Mm -hmm. two of those things on the list are not possible or something blows up in your face and then it'd be, you know, and then you start to beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. So we don't have any lists. I actually haven't made resolutions for a, a while. Have you? I don't know. Have we made resolutions since we've been together almost 10 years? Have we made resolutions? I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't. I. I, I guess back in the day, I probably tried to make them and they were probably failed many a time. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, we're going to move on from that. Just wanted to tell you that uh, you don't have to be a new year, new you. You can be new year, just you as you are and you existing is more than enough and we love you. Let's talk about that's awesome the new release schedule. Uh, I said we were going to drop them all at one time. You're a liar. 
I'm a liar because a you know liar. what I realized? It, it's a lot to drop them all at once. So we're going to get back on a little schedule here. Every Tuesday, you're going to get a new episode of Keep On Cooking until we run out of them again. Um, and then I'll probably take a little break and come back and do it again because we love doing this podcast for yeah. you. So that's kind of where we're at. Back on our Tuesday schedule, we've got a nice uh, bank of episodes to share with you. And I mean, some great, great guests. Yeah! Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. And before we talk about today's guest, let's talk about uh, what we ate recently. Um, oh, yeah. What did we have last night? I feel like we had something very delicious. Oh, oh you made your... I made like a, a little hamburger helper. I'm working on a collaboration with Hungry Planet. So there'll be a recipe soon. A recipe? A recipe? A recipe soon on uh, Vegan Roadie uh, on the Instagram account for... Uh, uh, Wow, can't think of what I made. Oh, like a hamburger helper style, vegan style pasta dish. And it's going to have Hungry Planet Italian sausage. It was so good. And I mean, and that Hungry Planet Thanks, uh, sausage and everything is, is really... We tried their meatballs last night too, mm-hmm. Hungry Planet. So if y'all listen to the Christmas episode, we had the chef on from Hungry Planet talk to him a little bit. Uh, but they've got some great uh, meat products out, alternative meat products, if you will. Uh, we also ate this last week, though. I made a couple things from my books. I made the slow cooker taco chili from the simply vegan cookbook because i was so good. keeping it easy here on that uh holiday week between christmas and new year's it's also been a little rainy here so that was yeah like a so perfect... that was a nice little oh and then i made a cornbread from uh an, an author's cookbook uh someone i'm gonna have on soon we'll talk about that cornbread when we get there but i made a crab rangoon pizza from my book epic vegan mm-hmm. delicious and all on top of what a bonza crust y'all if you y'all... haven't tried that gluten-free bonza crust i literally cannot say enough about it like it's like it's like crispy i just can't believe it's frozen like it tastes like it it's not frozen you like <laughs> you were like this is fr- this was like, frozen i don't i this was frozen I couldn't yeah i couldn't come to it's terms nice, with it it's nice crispy and it's a light crust as well yeah and it's gluten-free right gluten-free Which, vegan. I mean, there's so many it's people delicious. that need gluten-free so bonza crust and bonza, bonza pasta i mean bonza, bonza anything pasta. and you can i use bonza pasta in that actual that uh hamburger helper oh, pasta well there we too. go uh and that crab rangoon pizza you can get my book epic vegan the second one that's got the big burger on i mean the first epic vegan book that's got the big burger on the cover and y'all if you don't know that is banging crab rangoon like the insides are like the sauce and then you've got the thai chili or thai chili, thai chili? The sweet Thai chili sauce. Sweet Thai chili yeah. sauce, like drizzled on top. It's delicious. Nom, nom, nom. Oh, you know, we didn't have the crunchies on top of the it, wontons. That's, that's, fine. Fine. that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. That's next fine. Time. Next time. Well, listen, y'all, we did it. Today is a big day on the Keep On Cooking podcast as we return. We're returning with a bang. Not only are we back, 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 back again, but we got Isa. We got Isa. Yes. <laughs> that was great. Time. Thanks. <laughs> ah, we are thrilled to share. We have Isa Chandra Moskowitz on the Ooh. podcast. Miss Three Names herself. She's yes. here. Yes. <laughs> on the podcast as our guest today. And I know so many of our listeners love her. They have her books for many of our guests they answer my regular question what was your first vegan cookbook with an isa title usually it's veganomicon sometimes some other ones but if you are new to the vegan scene and you are saying who is isa you're in for a treat today isa chandra moskowitz is a brooklyn native who began her vegan cooking journey over 20 years ago wow two decades Uh, she's inspired by new york city's cuisine from all over the world as well as her own jewish heritage and loves to fuse the two yes she is the creator of the post-punk kitchen website and also the public access television show post-punk kitchen we get into that in the interview we get to uh reflect on that a bit she's been at the vegan game for a long time with multiple cookbooks 
books under her belt. Oh, yes. And let's name them, shall we? We shall. Vegan with a vengeance. Vegan cupcakes take over the world. Veganomicon vegan brunch. Vegan cookies invade your cookie jar. Appetite for reduction. Vegan Pie in the Sky. That's one of my favorite titles. Vegan Pie in the Sky. I do love that. Uh, Issa Does It, one of my Which absolute favorites. I mean, I, lo- I, I love that title. I do too. Wink. I do too. Okay. Uh, the Super Fun Times Vegan Holiday Cookbook, I Can Cook Vegan, and she also has the Modern Love Cookzine, and she has a new book coming out this fall called what? Fake Meat. Now, David, before I finish up our little bio on her, can you open up her most current book that's in front of you? I Can Cook Vegan. Let's do a little uh, book flip here and see what you open up to. Ooh. Ooh. Chickpea egg salad sandwiches. Love that. So straying away from the chickpea of the sea and giving us an egg salad version. I love that. I love that. All right. Flipping. Curried kale and quinoa salad with almonds and raisins. Nom, 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 nom. Healthy Ooh. and delicious. That looks very satiating. I love anything. With almonds. You put almonds in it. And I'm, and I'm sold. All right turning your first vegan lasagna. I love that. <laughs> so I love, cool thing about this book, and she talks about it in the interview a little bit, is that it does give you sort of like cooking lessons. Like it will, each chapter gives you like, you know, you're going to make pasta, but you're also going to manage your time while you make it. So you're making the sauce at this time and the pasta at this time. So it really is for someone who is maybe getting into the kitchen for the first time and trying to figure it out. And I had to go to like the dessert side. Mm, they have these... uh I mean, <clears throat> depending on where you're from, either pecan or pecan, pecan sandies. Pecan. <laughs> what do you say? Pecan. Pecan. I'm, I think I say pecan. Uh, that's northern, right? Pecan I'm northern. Yeah, southern so. is pecan. I think pecan. Because that sounds like pecan. We both had very different southern. <laughs> I was like pecan. You were like pecan. Pecan. Uh, g- g- meet me by the pecan tree. Oh, my goodness. Okay. David, Sorry. I would I would never. When? Wait, what hold time? on. I saw something with raspberries. <gasps> Ooh. R- okay. This yeah. is a combination of so many of my favorite things. David's like running into the kitchen now. I literally, I had to lick my lips because my <laughs> it was uh, drooling. Raspberry pretzel thumbprints with chocolate drizzle. Hello. Oh, Shut down the podcast. This is Oh my gosh. Oh, well, listen. Okay. Sorry about that. No, that's great. That's some, ty- that's some recipes from her most current book, uh, I Can Cook Vegan. And as I spoke about, there's also the Modern Love Cookzine that's out. And you can get that on the Modern Love website. Speaking of Modern Modern Love. That's her restaurant. She's also the owner and executive chef of both Modern Love Omaha and Modern Love Brooklyn restaurants. So longtime fans can now get a taste of Issa's food without dirtying dishes in their own homes if they want. Y'all, without further ado, let's just get into it. Here she is, Issa Chandra Moskowitz. <laughs> From post-punk to modern love, you absolutely have one of her cookbooks on your shelf right now. Please welcome to Keep On Cooking, the one and only Isa Chandra Moskowitz. Isa, thank you for coming on the podcast today. That was the crowd. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Now listen, listeners, if you're now wondering, do I actually have an Issa book on my shelf? Yes, you do. Let me rattle off some of the titles here. Vegan with a Vengeance, Vegan Cupcakes, Take Over the World, Veganomicon, Vegan Brunch, Vegan Cookies, Invade Your Cookie Jar, Appetite for Reduction, Vegan Pie in the Sky, Issa Does It, uh, The Super Fun Times Vegan Holiday Cookbook, and I Can Cook Vegan. There's a new title in the works, but we'll get to that later. Let's start with our icebreaker question. Isa, what is your favorite Halloween costume you have worn? Um, in recent memory, I think that would be Ina Garten. Oh, nice. That's yeah. a good one. When did you do that one? Yeah. 
it was only a couple years ago. Maybe it was two. Yeah, it was two years ago. And were you at the restaurant? So did no, you no, no. wear it out and about or where did you wear it? I was at the restaurant and it was three years ago and it was just basically me in a wig and like a collared <laughs> shirt instead of my normal. Right, right. Did everyone get in on the action at the restaurant? Do you guys dress up usually? Yeah. Yeah. I oh, think we typically do. Um, so I don't remember what anybody else was, but I just had like a Jeffrey, Jeffrey on a stick and a <laughs> good olive oil. And- oh, I love it. That's great. That's very good. Very good. I was uh, two. I, I have a tie for two of mine. Well, maybe it's because the only two I really remember. One was I was pregnant Britney Spears once back in like, geez, like 2003. I don't know. I was pregnant, but in the like, uh, baby one more time, cheer, not cheerleader, but schoolgirl outfit. And then another one I did was Jerry Blank from Strangers with Candy. That's a favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, That's I had a really good, good time with it. <laughs> why, why was Britney pregnant? Well, I don't know. I just, I think I was meshing the, the, well, I think at the time she had been getting, she had gotten pregnant and gotten pregnant again. So I meshed pregnant oh, Brittany with like a little headset and little pigtails. But pregnant. Got yes, it. Yes. Pushing I'm the not, Catholic I, girl. I, yes. <laughs> um, well, listen, I'm a tad bit at a loss here on what direction to take with you because I typically go down the rabbit hole with authors talking about their current book, but I just feel that won't do justice seeing as how you invented cookbooks, some might say. So before we dive into books, even let's chat a bit about you. Uh, if my research is correct, you were born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. When did veganism enter your world in, in your childhood in Brooklyn, New York? Um, when I was about 15. So I went vegetarian and then I went vegan pr- pretty quickly ap- after that. And it was, has your family, are they vegan? Were they vegan at the time or did they get on band on the bandwagon with you or how'd that work out for you? Um, so they weren't and, but my mom was really supportive. I'm actually visiting my mom in Ohio right now. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So um, it actually brought us together because we didn't cook very much. And then, this was like 1989. So there was just nowhere to eat. Um, so I started cooking <laughs> a lot and my family would cook w- with me. My sister did go vegan. Um, my brother, not so much. And yeah, so it wasn't, it was like, I mean, I was an old enough teenager and independent enough to kind of do my own thing anyway, but, but, but they, it was a family thing. Yeah, they, they got into it with you. And I, I have a quote from you here. It says, no matter what culinary roads I travel, my food will always be a reflection of the world as seen by a Jewish American girl from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, I don't, I don't know if your mom was cooking before and she inspired you at all, but is there someone that inspired you even before you were vegan in terms of the kitchen and cooking? Actually, not my family. It was okay. more, <laughs> I really was like at friends' houses every night of the week. And so it was like my friend's parents. So that was a really nice um, way to to go about it because everybody was from a different culture. So I got lots of different um, cooking techniques from from all my friends' families. Oh, that's nice too. And did you ever do like the the whole vegan pot, potluck thing? I mean, that was like a big thing for me when I first went vegan. It was me and like six other people were like, hey, let's get together and be weird, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Forever. Like that was the first thing that happened 
when I went vegan, there were suddenly potlucks every single day. <laughs> so, Did you have like a group of friends where you guys were all like, we'll just make the weirdest vegan stuff and sort of like bring it to each other and discover tofu together, that sort of thing? Kind of. It was more, yes, but um, but there we didn't have cookbooks, so that, that many cookbooks and we didn't know how to cook. So it was kind of, again, it was a lot of parents playing a part in it. So um, like my Greek friend would make spanakopita. Wait, I think that's wrong. Spanakopita. And, you know, um, an Italian friend, calzones. Nice. Um, yeah. So it was just like uh, some some parent involvement, but also just us just like kind of cooking the food that we knew how to make. And then also like there was a book called Tofu Cookery, which I talk about a lot. So just kind of going through that or then sometimes just guessing. So it was really a different time. There was just no cooking was, wasn't it. Like it wasn't even in non-vegan circles in 1989 or even the early 80s. There weren't really cooking shows. Everybody watched it, which just wasn't, you know, vegan or not, it just wasn't the thing. So, um, so it was just kind of fun doing, figuring it out. Just like, I mean, the first time I made seitan, I didn't have a recipe. My gosh, I can't even imagine. How did you even know to like discover, how did you discover wheat gluten then? From actually, there was one of my favorite, the first vegan restaurant I've ever been to um, was called House of Vegetarian. So they had a, uh, it was assorted wheat gluten. And it was like my favorite thing to eat. Is so, that what it was called on the menu? Yes. And actually, oh my gosh, it, I love it. House of Vegetarian was around for a while, but they closed in the past few years. But Vegetarian Dim Sum House, you can order that. It's the same owner. Uh-huh. And so what's the variety of wheat gluten that you get then? Okay, so they never tell you, but <laughs> one is called Hot Steak Q and it's like a really like beefy gravy type one. Uh-huh. It's kind of funny because I'm I was just texting with my friend who brought me there and had this particular wheat gluten in his pocket one day. And that's why I'm <laughs> vegan. He's not vegan anymore, but he has a restaurant around the corner from me basically in Brooklyn. Nice. Um, but we're still friends. So anyway, um, so one was like a beefy meaty one. One was curry. One was sweet and sour. And then one I just called brown. It was like this light brown. <laughs> um, and it's just this plate of wheat gluten. And sometimes it comes out cold and sometimes room temperature and sometimes warm. And oh um, you would, like dip your dumplings in it. Anyway, so that's how I discovered wheat gluten. And then uh, I bought a box of, I don't even remember what brand it was, but it was just called like Vital Wheat Gluten. Yeah. And my and I were like, oh, we can do this. We'll just put this together. And we like mix like soy sauce and water. I don't know what we did. It was not good. <laughs> I mean, you started in the right direction, though, with those couple of ingredients. That, that yeah. was like a good, a good uh, starting point. Well, I ask people this all the time when they're on the podcast, and usually their answer is either an Issa Chandra book or it's a Robin Robertson book. But mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, and I think you already told me, but I'll ask you again. What was the first vegan cookbook you ever owned? Yeah, I think it had to be Tofu Cookery. Tofu Cookery. And is that, that's that still available? I'm going to look it up. Tofu Cookery, it is. everybody. Yes, it's available. Um, and it's Louise Hagler. And she still writes, I believe. I love it. Um, and there's an updated version, but I would still recommend that if you can find the old version. The OG from- version. Yeah. 
I'm going to check it out. Well, of course, before books, there was your cooking show. Many people know you from uh, on Brooklyn and Manhattan Public Access Television, Post Punk Kitchen between 2002 and I think 2005. How did Post Punk Kitchen come to fruition? Um, so I just decided, there, like I was saying, there weren't, well, there was definitely no vegan cooking shows at that time. And, um, well, there still aren't, but, you know. Right, you, right. You ever. Um, but that was around when, like, Food Network and just cooking was a thing. So I got really addicted to cooking shows and then just decided <laughs> to do a public, public access one. And did you have a did you have a background in like anything with television or film or arts or theater mm-hmm. or anything like that that sort of made oh. you comfortable with the camera? No, I was really <laughs> and continue to be to this day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you you got the crew together and everything because you had bands play on it and everything, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Were these just like people that were friends of yours or like bands that you really liked and you reached out and they would do it? Or oh my God. It was it's so that's like 20 years ago now. I know. So, you know, that's crazy. So um I think it was a little bit of a mix. Sure, sure. Of, like, well, people kind of just... Saying yes and showing up and playing. I love yeah. it. Do, do you ever think of reviving it? Yeah, like all the time. And of I course. do. And something keeps happening. So I don't know. Well, I mean, it had to be, what did it kind of just fall together or did you put a ton of work to like pull the production of it together or were you kind of like, Hey, let's do an episode. And then pieces fell together. I like, I mean, it was definitely a ton of work. I didn't have to do everything myself. So basically to get on public access at the time, you had to go take a class. So I had to do that. And that was like six months of like wow. learning audio video stuff. Ah. So, yeah. So there was that. And that was actually really fun. And I met a lot of cool people, but, um, uh, and then I don't, so I didn't end up doing the production part. So my sister's roommate got together a crew. Um, and I think the, the only way I really helped with that production part was getting equipment from the public access station and getting us on public access. So, yeah. but it, no, it was a ton of work just coordinating. Of and we would go film the bands live and then we'd like go film. Um, it was just like a whole, it was a whole thing. My goodness. Well, yeah. people can still watch episodes, right? If they dig a little deep on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, yeah. All right. Well, everyone go check out Post Punk Kitchen if you haven't seen it. Um, of course, that evolved into a recipe blog and has now been revived at theppk.com with a focus on recipes and community. So y'all check out theppk.com for all things Isa and Post Punk Kitchen. And of course, now we have Modern Love. Tell us a bit about the journey of your restaurants. Modern Love Omaha and also Modern Love Brooklyn. Did you always want to open open a restaurant or how did it come about? Well, (laughs) so when I went vegan and this is funny because I, I just um, like unearthed all my diaries from, from that time, from when I was like 16. Um, And I had, and a lot, obviously in the past year, the pandemic and um, the restaurants just obviously being a huge struggle. I was, you know, I've just been like, do I want to do this? Like, obviously it's hard enough without a pandemic. Um, and then just like how much, um, just thinking about like exactly what it means to me and how important sure. it is. But it was, but at a few weeks ago, I found some diaries and I was like, oh, this is why I opened a restaurant. Like, yeah. So I was like 16 and making restaurant layouts and making menus. Wow. Like so if you had asked me that and I hadn't seen those diaries, I don't know what my answer would have been, but I'm yeah. like, oh. yeah, absolutely. But I did, um, 
I always, so ever since I went vegan, I just always loved cooking and we would, I would work at, um, work at restaurants or just do like a lot of they, I, I, I guess they're what you would call a pop-up now, sure. but then it wasn't. Yeah. Right. Um, now it's yeah, all the just, rage, a pop-up, a pop-up. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't really call it anything then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would definitely like, just like do like a brunch for all my friends or like sure. at the this bookstore or wherever, just like we had, a, I worked at a, um, an illegal cafe or a pop-up as you say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, I guess I did always want to do a restaurant. That's so funny that you kind of like you, you lost the focus on that in the fog of everything that has happened. It seems like, and then you see your diaries and you're like, Oh yes, these are the reasons. And I did want yeah. how nice those diaries pop back up. That's great. Yeah. Well, do you remember your first restaurant job then? Did you work at a bunch of different restaurants? Um, yeah. I mean, I got fired from a bunch of restaurants. So <laughs> at again, again, the, around that time. So I worked, I mean, I ser- I was a server at restaurants and I just didn't know what I was doing and I shouldn't have been. Oh my um, God. So yeah, I just didn't know how to bust a table or talk to people and I really shouldn't have been a server. So yeah. I <laughs> was it always server or did you ever work back of the house? I worked um, back of house and some like later in my twenties. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought for sure your first book was Veganomicon, but when I looked everything up, turns out I was wrong. Your first book was vegan with a vengeance. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Originally released in 2005 with a re-release 10th anniversary edition in 2015 with that fierce picture on the cover with the frying pan. (laughs) Um, Well, how'd your first book happen? Were you seeking a book deal or had you always wanted to write books or did a publisher find you? Um, I actually got an agent first. So I did an interview in this magazine called Punk Planet, which is now gone, but um, and my agent found me through that. So I got really lucky. Not, I don't know if it's lucky, but um, I know it's really hard to find an agent. And that's really the only way to publish a cookbook back then. So he found me and then we found a publisher. That's great. Well, some honorable mentions from Vegan with a Vengeance might be the coconut pancakes with pineapple sauce. And you mentioned it already, but you have the, it's it's Spanakopita. Is that how you say it? I, I Yeah, but I pronounced it f- wrong for so many years. <laughs> Spanakopita. Will you tell our listeners in case they don't know, what is Spanakopita? Um, it's a spinach pie, but really any leafy greens with uh, feta, um, cheesy, but it's not, not always with feta, but, um, you can get it without cheese too, wrapped in phyllo. I'm I'm making it not as delicious as it is. (laughs) It's so tasty. I love it. It's so yummy. yummy. You also have a BLT mac and cheese in there, mocha chip muffins, gingerbread, apple pie, pumpkin cheesecake with praline toppings. And there are some really great pizzas in here, like green goddess, garlic pizza, potato and tempest sausage pizza, and the Issa pizza, which I love. Issa, do you remember yeah. what's on this pizza? If you don't, I can I can rattle I it do. off. You do. Tell us what's on the Issa I pizza. Okay, it's a uh, tofu ricotta, yes. pesto, marinara, and olives and mushrooms. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> mm. Y'all at home, if you are looking to start your Issa collection, this book uh, is number one. Let me tell you, Vegan with a Vengeance is obviously a great start. So after this came what started as a little trio of books, the first of those three, and I wish they were sold in a box set together. Uh, you wrote them with Terry. Terry Hope Romero, uh, Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World. And the book is like, what? Well, it's like six inch by six inch size, roughly, right? It's square. There's a review on Amazon that says, this is square. I do not like it. 
Oh, those Amazon reviews. Well, I think it's eight, eight, eight inches. There we go. So everyone at home, it's it's eight by eight. Okay, not six by six. Uh, it's a yeah, little, it's a little bigger. Um, well, be, so after you wrote that that square book, you then did, uh, that's when Veganomicon came. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And we'll get back to that and vegan brunch. But you also wrote two more pint-sized dessert books with Vegan Pie in the Sky and Vegan Cookies Invade Your Cookie Jar. So those three, Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World, Vegan Pie in the Sky, and Vegan Cookies. I love these three little books. They really should be sold in like a box set um, as well as separately. They're really great for anyone at home wanting to dive into baking. What was? Do, do you remember the decision behind making them these cute little books like this? Yeah. I mean, so at the time when vegan cupcakes came out, so cupcakes were the thing um, and, or weren't quite yet the thing, right? but were becoming the thing. I don't know. Maybe you made them the thing. Yes, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just loved cupcakes. So that was the first one. That's great. And then, um, yeah. So then we're like, oh, that was a cool dessert book. Let's just do, let's do more. (laughs) <laughs> and kept going on with the little the little baby books, but they're anything but ba- yeah, baby. Yeah, they're anything but baby. Everyone at home, they're actually like they're they're very substantial and great for anyone interested in just like diving into vegan baking. It's a, a great go to. Um, I've had I've used all three of them at different times, so I love all three of them. And I had Terry on, and she said she never wants to work with frosting again because she can't stand yeah. doing the dishes after with the frosting yeah. on them. Oh my god, <laughs> we had to make so many cupcakes. Oh my gosh, I can't. Well, every time it's funny because I'll be like, ooh, I wonder about this kind of frosting and i'll go to go to that book and be like oh i wonder if she has like a base for that or something and usually there's something in there but that uh, yes, uh triggers something for me well do you have um, do you have any particular memories that stick out from writing these three little books i mean yeah i mean they were all really fun to write because like you said i was writing with terry so it's always nice to not be doing it alone yes. um, and it was just fun having like all the doing the photography for that, for those also, it's just so easy and cute and compact and simple. So, um, I'll, I just, I, I really did enjoy like that small project, especially in between working on really big projects. Sure. Um, and then just combining flavors for a little baking book like that is just really exciting, even though everybody just ends up using like the cupcake recipe. Right. I mean the chocolate cupcake <laughs> recipe. Like, like, I, I read a statistic once that's like oh people only use like two recipes out of a whole entire cookbook. Oh my gosh. And it seems pretty true. Yeah. But um, it really does. It's so funny you say that. It's so funny you say that. Do you ever think I'm writing all these things and someone's picking up this book and they're cooking like two yep. things out of it. <laughs> all the time. And like it's always and I'm like, oh my God, you only need two good recipes in this book. You don't need a <laughs> They all need to be good. <laughs> but which two would they be, right? Meanwhile, you're slaving over 150 recipes to make sure they're absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. That's the funny thing is that. And then it's it's the things that take off are not necessarily the things that I think will. Totally. But um, I've, for the cupcake book, like I love the apple cider cupcakes in that. Nobody mm, makes those. I want to make those now. Those sound delicious. Apple cider I use cupcakes. I batter, which I used to do all the time until I realized nobody will do it. <laughs> Even if it's going to improve the texture, do something cool, people just don't want to do it. So, what kind of batter was it you said? Oh, I, I put agar powder oh. in. Oh, like a chiffon cake feel. Okay. I mean, I used to mix, just looking back, not that you asked about this, but like, oh, tell me. I just because I was, um, you know, going through some of the books for this, 
podcast, I was looking at like Veganomicon. I'm like, oh my goodness, you did like something with rosemary and I mean, rose water and poppy seeds. Like you would never, like, I just now know people don't want it. They just want mac and cheese. So like, I used to have so much more fun with flavors. But you never know, right? Sometimes you get that person who bought the book and maybe back then they weren't messaging, but now they'll DM or something and be like, oh my gosh, I love rose water. And you're like, you're the person. Thank you so much. That's so great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you talk about these massive books, uh, you know, great to have a partner for writing and everything. And you're writing these smaller ones, break from the big one. The big one we're talking about here is Veganomicon. And you have several massive ones. Your books are are, uh, no babies when it comes to a lot of yours. They're very large and in charge. But this was your first big one, this big, massive encyclopedia of a book. Um, How did the idea for this come about with the two of you? I mean, again, it was just kind of like at the time there wasn't that much out there. I really loved like Voluptuous Vegan was one of my favorite cookbooks at the time. Um, But besides that, there weren't things that were kind of, I felt like vegan cuisine. It was more just like a little thrown together cookbooks or maybe a little bit hippie or maybe, you know, just like nothing wrong with any of those things. But I felt like there wasn't like vegan cuisine that was like really, like I said, using like different flavors and techniques and kind of like a little bit more into cooking. Um, So Veganomicon for me became that just like, all right, let's do something that just isn't out there at all. Yeah. Um, so it was born. I mean, did you have any idea it would become this popular? It's, it's become a very popular book. Yes. It pays my rent. (laughs) And I think it's like um, the number one gifted, like vegan cookbook. I got it as a gift when I first went vegan and you get it. And it's this beautiful, large book. It's like, Oh, when you unwrap it, it's so good. Yeah, at some point. Well, we did um we did the 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 10th anniversary edition and it doesn't do as well, but I think that's because I mean, but that one is better because it has photos and everything. Sure. But it got a couple of I'm gonna talk about Amazon reviews for some reason. Oh, I'm fine it with got that. Really bad Amazon reviews, and so I think people don't buy it because of these like bad um Amazon reviews. Now specifically not- the the 10-year anniversary one got bad reviews. Yeah. Oh god. So it's kind of like like Veganomicon was like I know like there's, you know, obviously we should be supporting small um, business and (laughs) independent booksellers. However, mostly authors are supported through Amazon. So if you get three off the bat, bad Amazon reviews, your book is not going to do well. It's (laughs) terrible. Yeah. I mean, whatever that's life, but, um, but I still recommend to people to get the new one, even though Amazon tells you not to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone go get, go get vegan. Amicon. Don't listen to those reviews. I have one review on my first book, the simply vegan cookbook that says this book is not vegan. And it gave me one star. It said, this calls for mayonnaise. And I was like, it literally says vegan mayonnaise in the book. Like, what are you talking about? What's happening? Yeah. So, and the thing is, people, those one stars get pushed to the top. Anyways, we're not going to harp on it. Listen, do you have any favorite recipes from the Veganomicon that you actually go back to and cook again and again for, you know, yourself or people or make yeah. variations of? Yeah, all the time. And like stuff I use in the restaurant, too. So, um, well, chickpea cutlets. I feel like if we're talking about if people just make two recipes out of a book, it would definitely be chickpea cutlets. So um, that one, I still use a lot of like the curry tofu, the broiled tofu, um, a lot of the things in the, um, in the, in the protein section. And then um, 
Southwestern corn pudding I make for like everything. There's a really yummy lemon potato recipe. I mean, there's just so many things that I still make so many of the soups. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of a more fancy cookbook. So it's not necessarily something that you'd use every day. But it is a great one to have on hand for, I mean, you can get stuff that you sort of put in your, your wheelhouse and you'll make them over and over. It's good for stuff like that. You'll, once you sort of get the hang of it and like some recipes, like two to three recipes fit on a page. It's, um, you might look at it and think it's overwhelming, but everybody it's not, it's not, there's just a lot of goodies in there for you. You're selling it better than I am. I'm like, no, it's (laughs) It's too much work. Don't do it. Ah, It's a fantastic book. Everybody get it. And of course, then we dive into another book uh, called Vegan Brunch. And this book has everything that anyone wants out of brunch from scrambles to quiches to pancakes and scones. What's like your favorite brunch item? Ooh, um, my favorite. Let's see. So my favorite brunch item is probably French toast for sweet. And then um, savory. I just like it. I have to have potatoes. So I just love like there's like a um a brunch casserole in that book nice. obviously like scrambled tofu classic so anything with potatoes you have yeah. to have the scramble there. and then if if i'm gonna go sweet i'll go french toast i i love the the potatoes for breakfast too forever and always um and i think the next book not perfect without it yeah. yeah yeah it's so mm-hmm. good i think the next book is the second one of yours i got actually it's called appetite for reduction 125 fast mm-hmm. and filling low fat vegan recipes i've always loved the cover for this book of a, a Vibrant, <laughs> vibrant drawing with you. I'm assuming it's you surrounded by fruits it's and not veggies. Not me. It's not you? <laughs> no. That's funny because people are like, she doesn't look like that, but no, it's not me. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a cartoon version of you, no? No, really. All right. Well, uh, what was the impetus for a book dedicated to low-fat recipes? Um, well, I think at the time I was just cooking really I was trying to cook low-fat. So that's that was that was it. And then there was like kind of like this. I don't know if this is even like cookbook cookbook world, but like this kind of like eating disorder, vegan mentality going on at that time. I don't know what it was. It was just like people kind of like a lot of, um, I don't know how to exactly talk about this because I don't know how much, if the book like played into that or not, but just kind of like, I was trying to make it a health at any size thing for me. I was trying to get like, I was trying to make it like, all right, like this isn't like you can eat low fat and eat filling and it doesn't have to be this like really restrictive thing. Um, So I guess that was it for me. I didn't mean for it to be like lumped into kind of like a diet. Right, 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 right. But um, I don't know. I have some regrets about that book, but yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely, you you proved that low fat doesn't mean low on flavor or that it's not satiating or anything like that because it's got delicious recipes, scallion pancakes, tamarind barbecue tempeh and sweet potatoes, fusilli with roasted veggie primavera, cauliflower pesto soup and Cajun bean balls and spaghetti. You can still cut the fat if you so choose, but you don't have to while having mm-hmm. delicious satiating meals. But we'll move on uh, at a clip here because I want to make sure we touch on everything a bit. And if I had to pick a favorite, I'd say this next one is my absolute hands down favorite. Issa does it amazingly easy, wildly delicious vegan recipes for every day of the week. Uh, from the photos to the recipes, I'm all in with Issa does it. You have any memories you can share when it comes to writing this particular book? Any challenges or success stories or specific recipes that stick out? I will say that's when I feel like I really became a cookbook author and I agree. 
best one. And like, uh, I just, I love that cookbook too. So I'm really proud of that one. Um, so, I mean, I have a million memories from it. That was the most fun to create. And I feel like it's really achieved being weeknight friendly and also like interesting flavors. So it was kind of like, I think after all my experiences, like I said, with Veganomicon, people complaining, there's too many steps. There's too much this, there's too much that. I kind of like, so Issa does it, like, obviously it's a plan. Easy does it. So just writing this recipe, this book that was easier and, and still packing in flavor and still like, it's also like, I started using more nuts, using cashew cream, things like that. So I really love that book and I love design and just like my first time working with Vanessa Reese for my, for the photographs. Okay. So it was the first cookbook that had like full color um throughout and um yeah i love that book i (laughs) love i mean i can't tell you i cooked from it so many times were you so you had did you do the photography as well with it and you worked with somebody or did someone else do the yeah so i did vanessa did the photography and i um did i cooked and did styling fantastic because everyone listening Issa does a lot of her own photography um when did photography start for you did were you doing it from the first book or was there a certain point where you were like I'm i'm gonna like lean in on this no i did vegan with a vengeance but i didn't know how i didn't know anything about photography so i mean they're not good pictures so, um, you know, and I did Veganomicon and, and then when we started doing the dessert cookbooks, that's when I feel like I did okay at photography, Okay, but I still think like, I still like, don't want to do all my photography for, for cookbooks, but yeah. Um, so I, I learned a lot from Vanessa actually, and started kind of doing, taking photography more seriously. That's great. It's good to always have sort of a little, I have a, a chef who's a very good friend of mine. She actually did the photos for my last two books and I just learned so much from working with her every time. It's so cool. Um, I love at the beginning of this book, it has the vegan butchery section with tips and a pictorial guide on cutting tofu and tempeh. It also has the seven tips to cook your heart out with ease section and helpful tips for modifications for allergies, which we all need these days because my goodness, doesn't vegan mean gluten-free and every other allergy under the world? No, it doesn't. But Issa's thinking of you, so she's got you there um then of course the recipes i cook from this book a lot for a good span of time um and i can't get enough of the new england glam chowder with a mix of mushrooms for that satisfying chew uh with some chopped up nori a little taste of the seeds thick and creamy served with hot served hot with some saltines it crumbled over the top it's the only chowder I ever need to make. You've got a cool uh, stir fry and sautés chapter. I love the seitan and broccoli and the beefy asparagus. Um, mm. And you talk a little bit about your love of a cast iron skillet at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah. Can you elaborate on your love of the cast iron for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, it's to me, it just makes food taste so much better. Not just to me, but it does it objectively. Does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy, and it's just like, like finally, like it took me so long to like, be like, Oh, why doesn't this taste like it's from a restaurant? It's like, Oh, cause you're using like this, like either, even a stainless steel, like it just doesn't give you the char and the like getting like the nice crust on your tofu and just getting the nice sear on your onion. So cast iron just gets you there. Um, and I, I did use it for a long time, but I didn't like push it so much. I think with Issa does it, I was like, okay, this if you really want this to come out great you have to get a iron. <laughs> <laughs> i am um, it's so funny i think i had one cast iron to my name and then 
through the last few years, it all started with this book. When I read that section, I start I like bought another one and then I got different sizes. So I have like you only really need one good one though. I just yeah. got I just got kind of like carried away. I was like, oh I'll get this one that's like long and flat and then I'll mm-hmm. get you know I just got a little nutty with it. Um and then you need the grill too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh there's lots of great sections in this book. Uh and of course now if if you don't have a cast iron, go out and buy one because we say so. Um but there's a bowl section in this book that has a pizza bowl that I'm always down for. It's become mm-hmm. one of my like things that I'll kind of like toss up quickly if I don't have much in, in the fridge. Right. It's got kale, garlic, red onions, vegan sausage, and a super flavorful roasted red pepper sauce that's tangy and creamy and salty drizzled over the top. Uh, so tasty and delicious. It's great for when I want something quick and satisfying that hits the spot. Can you recall any favorite recipes from this book that you have? Yeah, well, um, I think all the sauces from the bowl section, so like... There's a curry peanut sauce, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I do believe so. Yes. And then, um, basically, all the sauces like the chimichurri, and you can like, like it's a cookbook, so it says like you know chimichurri pumpkin bowl, and it's got black beans and it's got soba noodles, but you can just make the chimichurri and throw it on rice and beans. You know, I feel like that the this book is like really fun to use just for the just for the sauces. Um, and you don't necessarily have to make the whole recipe. The tempeh agridolce, I love like sour sweet sauce. That's one that people don't really make. And I made it and I was like, oh, this is going to be the best recipe in the book. <laughs> Nobody ever mentioned it to me in my life. <laughs> um, the puffy pillow pancakes, like that's what people talk to me about. And I, I wasn't like, oh, this is the, yeah. this is the one. Yeah. But, but it's, it's become the one. The one. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It? <laughs> um, So, but yeah, there's like so much I cook from in there and that I use in the restaurants too. Yeah, it's a good one. There's a a real, there's a picture I love. We talked a little bit about photography in this, but the chocolate zucchini bunt cake with the ganache, like dripping off of the cake in the picture. It's so gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. I'm just looking at it now and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a pineapple upside down cake. Yes. That's another picture I actually love. And it's just like a mouthwatering photo. It's so, so good. And y'all don't snooze on those sweets. There's other treats in here that you might like, like almondine cookies, cherry chocolate chunk, mini loaves, chai spice snickerdoodles and rosemary chocolate chip cookies. See? You got the rosemary in later. Look at you there. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, those actually did those. Pe- I think that those um, people got into those, the yeah. rosemary chocolate cookies. I'm into it for sure. It's <laughs> nice to always have like, I like a subtle twist on a chocolate chip cookie. I don't like anyone like necessarily reinventing the wheel, but I like a little, just a little touch of something new in there yeah. to mix it up every now and then. Um, when I lived in uh, NYC, I, I did some work with Orchard Grocer and you had baked goods there that would be for sale. Can people still get your sweets at Orchard or anywhere else? No, <laughs> just um, our soft serve at Orchard. Oh, nice. But, uh, okay. Still getting yeah. some soft serve up in there. So everybody, if you want some soft serve in New York, done Issa style, you can get it at Orchard Grocer. Uh, and now we go on to Super Fun Times Vegan Holiday Cookbook, entertaining for absolutely every occasion. This book is loaded with holiday recipes for occasions like New Year's, St. Patrick's, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Super Bowl, Chinese New Year, Oscars party, Easter... Everything, girl, even Mardi Gras. Y'all, this book is big. I'm talking like 437 pages of big. What was it like taking? I mean, this is like this is like your third large cookbook like this, I think, in yeah. your lineup. So were you kind of like ready for it when it came? Or were you like, oh my gosh, another big one? Here we go. Like, what was it like uh, taking on a project like this? Well, that I started when I started the restaurant. So it was very hard. Oh! Yeah. 
I know. I just had a so, heart attack for you. I know. I know. Believe me. But I I love that cookbook too. So, I mean, I don't know if you could tell, but as my, as my career progressed, I liked the books more and more. And like <laughs> anything before Isa does it, I'm like, oh, I should have done that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, okay, got it. Yeah, for um, sure. So Super Fun was just, I loved um, everything about this cookbook pretty much just... Uh, not to be conceited. No, but. you have every reason to. And it's got some yeah. very fun pictures of you in there for every holiday. Act, yes. Act in a Fool and some Polaroid pictures, which yeah, I love. Yeah. And it was just fun to, um, to do a book like that that's in sections. That's not so, like, you know, when I started, it's split up by the holiday instead right. of, like, like, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So it was really fun to do this, like, little collection for each chapter. Well, and how was that? I mean, when you started it, so I mean, you have a food centered, it's food centered around the holidays, like you said, and you have like a Mother's Day and Father's Day chapter in there. Um, And this made me curious. I looked at it. This chapter's got like cinnamon apple crepes, rhubarb crumble cakes, zucchini noodles with peanut sauce, tahini mom salad, quiche and quiche Laurent. Um, And you went outside the holiday box to offer up ideas for less food centric holidays, because let's face it, it always comes back to being around the table for a meal. Was it your intention from the beginning writing this to go beyond the Christmas and Hanukkah of it all? Or did you did that sort of evolve as you were writing it? Oh, no, absolutely. There were so many more sections that got cut. So um, what's like, what do you remember, like a section that got cut? (sighs) I think pride got cut. Ah, I know. I feel Um, like that would never happen. Like now this was like, what, four years ago or so? I feel like even in the four years, they'd be like, we're keeping pride. No, well, the reason it got cut was because I couldn't make it a cohesive. Ah, I got like it. it was like all right, pride cake, everything's a rainbow. It just like didn't it didn't mesh yep. as a like. There's just not a food that you associate with pride as much. Like yes, everything's sure. a rainbow, but it didn't for me justify enough to have it be a section. Um, I feel like it would be like rainbow cake and vodka sodas. Like that would be kind of, yeah. I don't remember everything that was in it, but everything was a rainbow, but I just couldn't make it make sense besides being like, everything's a rainbow. That makes sense. (laughs) I get it. Um, uh, let me think of what else might've got cut. I feel like there were some Jewish holidays got, there's some holidays that I just didn't know enough about. Yeah. And I just kind of ended up feeling like, ah, I don't like, all right. So Christmas, I know enough about it. I'm not Christian, obviously, um, or Chinese New Year. I know enough about it and I've celebrated it. Things that kind of like, I was like, all right, I don't, um, like, I think I had a um, Diwali section. And I was like, I've been to one Diwali party in my sure. life. I was like, I'm the person that should be writing this. Um, so it just started, I just tried to make it like stuff that I really was well acquainted with and didn't like have to ask people, what do you do during this holiday? You know, like, yeah. so all the holidays that are in it are holidays that I celebrate. And then there's also occasions. So I love that. I, um, I think I can't think of the other things that got cut, but there's like a Super Bowl section. And again, I'm not like a Super Bowl person, but, but you know what everyone wants to eat. Yes. And I love cooking for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I love Super Bowl. So I felt like, okay, that's, I can write for, I can write that section. It's not going to be forced or weird. Sure. So, um, yeah. So, and then obviously most of the Jewish holidays, but some, I don't know, I think there was a poor, poor section and I'm just like, ah, oh, there's, 
not enough here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still thinking about the Super Bowl. It's so funny when you say that. I think about that now. I'm busy on the Super Bowl leading up to the game, and then I need everyone to shut up at halftime, and then I'm good. Like, I'm done. The night's over for me. Like, I'm good. Yeah. That's all there is to it for me. You do, everyone, if you're curious, we're talking about all of these occasions and holidays. Of course, she has a Thanksgiving chapter in there. Um, And you, you do offer up that, you know, Thanksgiving is bizarre given what it's based on. But you mentioned that here and turn it over to something real. Simply put, a day to give thanks. You guys, she has cornbread, cornbread stuffing with gojis and fennel, pumpkin cornbread, traditional stuffing, creamy whipped whipped potatoes, white bean and so sage gravy, green bean casserole, roast stuff with uh, roast stuffing with leeks and shiitake, double batch chickpea cutlets, and so much more here. Everything you want for Thanksgiving, of course, finishing off with pumpkin pie. So you have everyone covered on traditional holidays and then maybe some of the other holidays that uh, are not as separated, uh, celebrated by the masses, but are still very much celebrated Mm -hmm. by many people. So it's a really cool book to have. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And, and, And now we move into your current release, I Can Cook Vegan. This is another massive book, darling. I just don't know how you do it. Hardcover with lots of beautiful photos. And you start the intro by saying, after a few decades of writing cookbooks, I think I'm beginning to get it. People want streamlined recipes with easy to follow instructions and accessible ingredients. Is that about right? (laughs) Um, And with this you delivered, uh, I just sort of checked it out before we chatted uh, because I knew I would like it, obviously. Um, I have all your other books actually sitting. It's funny when I went to go like, do the outline for this interview. I was like, Oh, I wonder which books of hers I have. So I pulled them all out and my darling, I own your entire library. I didn't even know it until I pulled them out. It was amazing. I'm the one and they're all sitting next to me right here. And I'm just like, damn, this is impressive. Um, and I, I, so I sort of, I, I got this book, I added it to the collection. Um, my intention was to kind of open it and look through and, you know, do this or that. And, but I'm falling in love with it a little, just like the Issa does it book. Um, I didn't really have the intention to cook from it right away, but I cooked, I, I flipped through it. Couldn't help but get yeah, cooking. Yeah, I saw you cooking, yeah. cooking on Instagram and I was like, oh, nobody makes that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, the thing that you commented on was the autumn everything bowl. Everybody, I did this. Yes. It's so good <gasps> and so easy. I did it for a dinner guest a couple weeks ago and it was so tasty with tempeh bacon, quinoa, butternut squash and lentils atop some kale and the beet yogurt sauce, honey, so pink and vibrant on the top. Um, added a touch of toasted hazelnuts. It was a hit at dinner and for the appetizer that night, I went all in. I did two things. So I started with the caprese with almond ricotta. It's like so simple and delicious, this yeah. almond ricotta uh, with tomatoes and easy balsamic balsamic uh, reduction. It's perfect starter for a small dinner party. And it was nice. I kind of felt like I was going like summer into fall a little bit. I was like, oh, I feel like oh. I'm being so seasonal here. Look at me. <laughs> Absolutely. It was so good. Is there a recipe you might tell our guests who just buy I Can Cook right now, I Can Cook Vegan right now, a recipe they should make from this book first? Ooh. Yes, I'm gonna say the the chickpea bow tie soup. Mm. Everybody seems to love, especially for this time of year. So it's like a creamy chicken noodle soup, basically, but with chickpeas, and it's so easy and like just such such a um, so many rewards from making it. I love that soups are the best. I love them so much. It is soup season. I love soups. Uh, any other soups in there you want to tell us about? Oh. Um, I think the, the chickpea potato curry, mm. 
I mean, everything in there is easy. So it's kind of like, you can't really go wrong. And again, I'm going to not a soup, but I'm going to mention this. The sauces from the bowl section can be used on anything. Um, and then I'm the, the um, tomato soup. Delicious. That's got the Nucci croutons, doesn't it? Is that what you call them? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a, it's like a, it's like a grilled cheese sandwich kind of. It's already Um, running with croutons like that. So good. Yeah. But uh, it's set up so that you're basically like kind of building these blocks. So it's supposed to be like a cooking lesson as you go. So kind of cook through the chapters and like learn a little bit more in each section. Um, And uh, so I really like the pasta section. Um, And each section has a goal. Oh, nice. Yeah. So like, what would a goal be? What's an example of a goal in one of the sections? So like pasta is like to get you multitasking and keep you mindful of timing. Ah. So that's like a lot of people, like a lot of people like don't, you know, they, they're like, I just burn everything. And it's like, you just need to be mindful. I mean, um, truth you mentioned, and I think it's Issa does it when you've got the, the ways to cooking with ease in the kitchen, time management is one of the main things you mentioned. And y'all, we can't stress this enough for you. Like manage your time and you can have dinner on the table effortlessly. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be like this stressful thing. Like sometimes I'll say it takes me all day to cook dinner, but I'm not like cooking the whole time. Right. Right. So I kind of know what I'm making. I'll be like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll press the tofu now. And then later on, I maybe make some rice. And then at some point I make a sauce and it's just kind of like managing your time throughout the day. There's that way. But then there's also, if you're going to spend an hour in the kitchen, know when to start the pasta water, when to put the stuff in the oven, you know, yeah. like having it out. So yeah, each, each for, for, I can cook vegan. I was just like, I felt a kind of more a clarity with like, all right, this is how people could possibly learn to cook. Um, so yeah, like the sandwich section is about like, um, just getting, getting acquainted with, um, translating vegan foods. Sure. So that's another big thing with like cooking vegan. Like you want to get those flavors that you had when you weren't vegan. Right. So more section kind of aims to do that. Um, the salad section is combining flavor and texture. Um, Yeah. I love that. You break it down for everybody with such ease. You know, it's funny. I was, I had private clients this summer and um, I was in their kitchen. They had just went vegan. So they hired me and I'm doing all these things for them. And I, way back, way, way back, they had had a bunch of chefs before me. None of them were vegan. And I'm looking through their cupboards to look for some spice or something or see what sort of equipment they have way back. Here was, I can cook vegan hidden in the back. So clearly a chef who was there before me, who was not vegan, went and grabbed this book and was like, oh, I need, I can learn everything I need to learn from here. So it has been serving its purpose, apparently, in many homes for different reasons. (laughs) Well, good. See? Well, I've got post-its on many pages, including the tempeh and Brussels sprouts with sun-dried tomatoes, tempeh Reuben, Mm -hmm. tortilla soup with black beans and artichokes, buffalo cauliflower ranch salad. I'm going to say it for y'all again. It's so easy, but so delicious. Buffalo cauliflower ranch salad, creamy Mm -hmm. mashed potatoes, four ways i'm looking at you pesto mash but i also want to try the roasted pepper mash uh and i actually made another item from here for a non-vegan dinner guest who is actually a very picky eater that we had over for dinner a couple weeks ago i made him the spinach manicotti and he gobbled it up and asked for seconds so it's a win-win nice yes 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 Mm -hmm. now you also i want to mention the uh modern love community 
Cook zine, cook zine. You tell me, how do I say yeah, it? Zine. zine, yeah. Yeah, Modern Love Community Cook Zine that I believe is still available at modernlovebrooklyn.com. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about this collection of recipes? Oh, yeah. So um, when the pandemic started, we basically closed the Brooklyn restaurant and but still wanted to keep people employed. Um, so we did this, uh, this cook zine of just like getting chefs from all over New York, mostly to contribute, um, recipes. And then we also did some of the recipes from the, um, from the restaurant. And it's just, that was so fun. Like it just like such a cute little collection. Um, and it was nice to collaborate with people and just have like illustrations and, um, just kind of combining photography and illustration and food. And it was a lot of fun. I don't know if I'd ever want to do a magazine again, but sure. Uh, that was the aim and oh like uh, zine magazine oh my gosh Issa, yeah. i'm an idiot now i get it i've been i've been seeing edit it. that out oh my gosh but zines no and listen i'm gonna play my my mm-hmm. uh stupidity for everyone because i'm sure there's someone out maybe there's someone out there who's saying zine like I'm sure there is. but um yeah. i that's what a friend of mine had a, a a cook zine as well and i was like i said the same is it zine or zine then i forgot zine magazine now i get it well, if you have to know, it's from Fanzine. Ah. So that was like a magazine. So yeah. Okay, I love it. Well, and it must have been nice to like collaborate like during the pandemic with other people because yeah. this was something you could probably do all, you know, on the, the inter- exactly. internet digitally connect together and do that. So it must have been nice to have that to put out during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, keep, keep me focused on something. Oh my gosh. Keep Bless everyone you got involved in it. Kept them all focused on something. And that's, mm-hmm. people can still get it at modernlovebrooklyn.com. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and um, or at the restaurant, if you order food, you can put it in your cart oh fantastic well awesome yeah. well listen that's uh uh i can cook vegans the current hardcover book release y'all can get but can you tell us um you've got that's no secret i saw it on instagram a couple of weeks yeah. ago you got a new book you're working on so from yeah. from what i could dig up the title is fake meat can you tell us anything that's else it. about it <laughs> that's it that says it all it's fake meat. <laughs> so it's making meats from scratch, which is really different than the things we've been talking about of weeknight friendly. It's kind of like, all right, you're going to have to get all your weirdo ingredients and we're going to make some fake meat. <laughs> so, it's been really fun. It's a lot. Um, it's really intense how, how different things come out. For, it's been really intense to test yeah. the rest because I really make sure before I put a recipe in the wild that it's been tested by all sorts of people. Yep. Like I try to do like beginner cooks, more experienced, non-vegans, vegans. So it's just testing. It has been a trip, Um, but it's been really, really fun to just kind of like come up with these flavors and textures. And do you have like, do you have a group of testers that you've had forever that you rely on? Or do you pick different people all the time with with all of your books? I I have some people that have been with me since Vegan with a Vengeance, but, um, but not necessarily. It's, it's kind of been... Uh, sometimes it's new people. It's usually people from PPK. So um, yeah. And then I'm writing for this book, I'm pay- paying people to test. So um, nice. it was always like a volunteer thing of like 20 people. Like I just want to do it. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, let me just get a couple of dedicated testers that I pay. That's awesome. Well, and yeah. I, I saw on the, the, on the Instagrams that it was a, a chickpea cutlet, I think I saw. So I'm assuming, and I could be uh, wrong, maybe that was gluten-free and, and, a lot of these chickpea bread. 
gluten free. Yes. Yes. Okay. So a lot of the <laughs> fake meat stuff, it happens to have a lot of gluten sometimes. So are you going to have a yeah. mix in here of stuff for people? There's a mix. I'm still going to say it's mostly seitan, but sure. I wanted to do gluten free things. I was, I was really, it's like really hard to like just appease everybody. So I'm just like, you know, if you're not, if you don't like seitan, it's probably not the book for you. There's so there's a lot of gluten-free recipes, but I just want people to not really expect I'm gluten-free. Yeah. I'm get like a ton of but like I said, if you get two good recipes out of something, it's a successful cookbook. So if you're gluten-free, like, you know, honestly, like maybe like 75% of the rest of the recipes are not gluten-free, sure. but maybe it's worth it for you for the 25%. Well, do you but also don't, don't buy it. If you're like, I don't want, gluten. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> if you're not looking for fake meat, this isn't book for you. People on Amazon who want to leave reviews, mm-hmm. that's going to say it wasn't what you thought it was. It's called fake meat. I don't read Amazon reviews anymore, by the oh way. Oh my I don't gosh. Ever, Why bother? Never. Why bother? No, um, I know. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too much. It's too much. Um, I was going to, Oh, are there recipes in it as well? So like you're making the fake meat, but then are you also doing recipes that we can use the fake meat in as well? Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. So there'll be like a carbonara that will have Mm. use of, of the, of, of bacon. Um, and then also, well, I'm doing a lot of like dairy in it too. And eggy thing. Nice. So, yeah. So a lot of the recipes will combine a couple of different, like the pepperoni pizza you have to have. Right. So you can combine. That's my husband. A mozzarella recipe and then pepperoni. And um, yeah, so there's recipes and there's the fake meat. Awesome. Yeah. My husband's got to have his pepperoni pizza still. Not, not real pepperoni. Now we've gotten to a world of vegan pepperoni that he loves. Um, But that was his last like thing before he was finally vegan. Um, Have you had, what is it? The beehive, the beehive pepperoni. Have you had their pepperoni? I haven't. It's very, very good. It's delicious. It's the one that has finally like been a winner on our pizzas in terms of a pepperoni pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll check it out it's when very, I very can. very, very good. Yeah. Uh, order, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we're on to our uh, daily dozen rapid fire questions. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Ooh, before that, do you have a, you probably don't have it yet. Do you have a release date for fake meat? Oh, uh, it's fall. Fall. What's this? Of 2022 though, right? Fall 2022. 22. All right. Fall 2022. Okay. So here's your daily dozen rapid fire questions. Here we go. Uh, Pancakes or waffles? Um, Pancakes. Favorite pasta shape? Linguini. If you could be an animal, I had linguini for dinner tonight. If you could be an animal, what would you be and why? Um, Well, the first thing that came to mind was a panda because they're so cute and then they just eat and they eat and they're, they're chubby and they're black and white. I love it. Blue. Okay. I love it. Very good answer. Do you collect mm-hmm. anything? Rescue animals excluded. Do you collect anything? Uh-huh. No, not anymore. <laughs> Did you collect anything at, at some time? I have. Okay. And I just, yeah. Okay. Like vintage, vintage um, aprons. Or It all I just, just like, becomes stuff, right? No, it does. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, calm down. You don't need this. And also you're just like obsessive yeah and where am i gonna put it where like that's my thing i have so many aprons now and i'm like where am i gonna put these and i i have like one or two favorite aprons i always use um okay if you could cook for a dead celebrity who would it be oh my god like they're still dead (laughs) yes they're still dead oh oh billy holiday nice that's a good one (laughs) uh favorite quick food item to make when you need a meal fast um like how fast like toaster oven yeah sure yeah 
You know, I, I'd say scrambled tofu. Nice. Barbecue sauce or hot sauce? Hot sauce. <laughs> Favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm basic, so strawberry. No, that's good. Last show you binge watched? Oh, um, that's hard because it's like I'm binge watching 30 things at once. I'm rewatching um, Boardwalk Empire right now. Ah, good. Uh, My- what yeah. what dish? Sorry, I just want to talk about Boardwalk Empire. Go on. No, no, you tell. Do you have more Boardwalk Empire? What else? You got another? Um, I'm watching Work in Progress, and I binge watched that before this new season. All right, okay. Uh, what's that on? Is that on Netflix? It's on Showtime. Ah, Showtime. Got to get the Showtime app. Uh, what dish did you make last? Ooh, I have no idea. I've been in Ohio for two days now. Have you cooked Can anything there? No, um, I haven't. All right. So, God, what did I make before I left? I feel like I made, I probably made Alfredo the night before I left. Sounds yeah. good to me. We'll go with Alfredo. Uh, if you could pick up a certain skill instantly, what would it be? Oh, um, singing. Nice. That's a good one. If you could live in any decade, which would it be? Um, the the forties. And uh, donuts or cupcakes? Donuts. And I have a now. donuts now. It used to be cupcakes. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't have a little mini donut cookbook that came with your trio of books there. I guess they don't come out as easy. It would have to be a bunch of baked donuts. Yeah, wanna, yeah fry stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I have a bonus one for you here. So we're, we're past our daily dozen. But since you're usually in NYC, what's your favorite vegan restaurant in New York, excluding Modern Love? Um. I feel like everything closed. I'm oh, so sad. it's a sad question. Then never mind. Or is there one that you've been to most frequently that you've frequented a lot recently? Um, I mean, I love vegetarian dim sum house. Nice, nice. Where's that at for everybody? That's on um Pell. Okay. Pell. All right, you did it. That was your rapid fire, Isa. Where can everyone okay. find you on social media? Um, Isa Chandra on Instagram and Twitter. I don't post about food on Twitter. I just complain about politics. <laughs> And I quote, I leave a lot. You quote what a lot? I think you should leave. There you go. There you go. Everybody, you've been warned. So get into it. And as mentioned you earlier, you can find more on Isa at theppk.com. Everybody go out and get I Can Cook Vegan by Isa Chandra Moskowitz. That's the most recent one. Or get any of them. Of course, if I'm going to suggest one that you get first, I'm going to say Isa does it because I'm in love with it. And look out for the pre-order of Fake Meat coming out uh, in twenty fall of 2022 to make sure you get it in your hands uh, as soon as it's available. You want to look out for that pre-order. Isa, you're a gem. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today thank you i appreciate you having me on wow so cool to finally have her on um and we've been to modern love so like yes i've been to omaha and brooklyn excuse me i when i went are you bi-coastal well i mean (laughs) by midwestern i when i went to the omaha one it was after it first opened i was on the road with a show and i drove like four hours out of my way you did you remember that and i stayed the night uh in omaha and she came out and said hi and we were talking and now i think that was my first time meeting her and i said i said wow i drove like four hours to come here and you know he says dry sense of humor she goes uh I've had people come from Australia. You're not winning the game. <laughs> and I was like, came with heard, seats. Heard, heard, got heard. it, got it. Um, but it was uh, nice to get a behind the scenes look at uh, 
like her amazing library of books that yeah. she's been doing for so long. So cool. And I'm fascinated by the research she did that showed people on average make two recipes from the cookbooks they buy. Isn't that bananas? Wow. It's I mean, crazy. I don't know. Would you say that of like a new cookbook? I, get? when she said that, like, I get it. <laughs> I, I I have had, before I did all of this food stuff and before I got so obsessed with cookbooks, I remember cookbooks in my history before I was even vegan where I would get them. I remember there was one I got for Christmas. I'm, I'm not going to say the name of it because it's probably a good cookbook and I don't want to say, oh, I only made two recipes, but I don't even think I made two. I think I had several like in my 20s where like I looked at them a lot, but I never cooked for them. So I guess it depends on how invested you want to get in the kitchen. But yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. That is fascinating. But it's one of those things that, like, yeah, that that probably tracks. Well, I mean, especially with that, how many cookbooks we have. I think. In our well, but so it's interesting you say that because I definitely make more than two recipes from almost all the cookbooks we have. Yeah, you probably. <laughs> but do. that's because of what I'm doing. You, what you're I doing. Think. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you know, all this cooking you're doing with the recipes. What's the Dustin's dish? Dustin's dish. Dustin's dish. So it's not really a cooking tip. It's more of a kitchen tip. Uh, if you have a cutting board, this is just a good practice to get into, but you can set a thin towel or a wet paper towel, very, and I mean wet where you like, just damp, not like soaking wet. <laughs> but if you're, you want to stop your cooking board from bouncing, your cooking board, your cutting board from bouncing around when you're, you know, chop, chop, chopping it on it, uh, lay a towel underneath it or uh, a, a lightly damp uh, paper towel underneath it and it will not slide anymore. So you can... Chop with ease. Get to get to chopping. Yeah. See? Choppity chop. So chop. not so much a recipe tip, but just a little cooking tip, which is, hey, that's good enough for Dustin's dish in the new year. Issa fans, make sure you watch out for the pre-order for her new book, Fake Meat, coming in the fall of 2022. For now, you can go pick up one of her previous titles for a little Issa in your life. Or if you have one of hers now and you've only made two recipes from it, maybe you can pick it back up and dive back in and make two more. Yeah, I love that we're seeing more of the the fake meat books. I mean, I will say as a semi novice, but you know, getting there, uh, uh, cook or chef in my own right, trying, um, (laughs) making like something like a roast or something is just super, you made a satisfying. Yes. It's, it's fun, rewarding. You made a really nice one at Christmas. Yeah, and that like turned out really good. I was very proud of myself. You just and... said, so you admit I made a nice so you, roast at Christmas. So, wait, you admit that it was like really good. Yeah, I did. It was um, great. But I just love that we're seeing more of that and making it more accessible for, you know, beginning. Yeah, because I think that was a and... big question mark for a long time. A lot of people, like you'd see a seitan recipe in a book and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I how, do, how do I tackle such Vital a thing? Vital wheat gluten? Vital what is wheat gluten, yes. But like, it's so easy to find now and all the stuff they make it, they make it easy. So that's great. That's great to, to yeah, know so, that she's got one coming out. And it's exciting that she's writing one because you know yeah. that's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. Well, uh, we will be back here next week with another episode and our weekly... Our weekly podcast. Back, 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 back. She's again. back, back, back again. Um, thank you for spending some uh, time with us today. As always, you can follow everything about the compa- podcast on Dustin's Instagram over at theveganroadie.com. That's or, it. Or at theveganroadie.com well, yeah. or at theveganroadie on Instagram. Yes, that's right. Uh, we hope you are staying safe and healthy. And remember, you just right now, as you are, are more than enough. If anyone needs to hear that right now, don't get caught up in the new year. Including us. Including needs to us. hear that. Okay. 
Thanks for joining us. Coming back next week for a new episode. We can't wait to uh, uh, chat with you then. Chat with you? I guess we're not chatting with you. We can't wait to chat with each other for you to hear (laughs) then. Until then, keep on cooking. And remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>